0: Alright, so I'm going to get into my message here. Um, we've been going through um, our core values um, as a church and um, again as, as we've been kind of prayer walking our city. By the way, there's a map out there of our entire city. We've been trying to prayer walk our entire city, cover our whole city with with prayer and Man, I, I've, I've really enjoyed doing prayer walks. Sometimes I'll just put on headphones, I'll listen to a, listen to a sermon, or I'll, or I'll listen to praise and worship music and just walk the streets and just bring the kingdom everywhere in our city. And we're trying to cover our entire city um, kind of before the fall here, so check that map out there. If you're um, near your home, make sure to prayer walk that area, and then come back and highlight that area so we know we've covered it. Or if you're on your lunch break at work, go out and do some prayer walking and just pray over our city. Um, we're just kind of, we want to be an evangelistic church, and we're looking kind of a ramp up in the fall. You know, uh, church attendance in summer usually takes a dip, but fall, lots of people start getting back in routines, and we're excited about um, you guys just inviting people and, and being an evangelistic church. We want to reach our city for Jesus. So we've been doing that, but as we've been doing that, um, we felt it's really important to hone in and talk about our church's core values. And why is that? Why do we want to talk about our core values? Because when people walk through our doors, if we're all on the same page and we understand what City Lights Church is about and what what our heartbeat is, um, then we'll know how to reach those people. And so we've been going through these. Um, um, We'll go through them real quickly here, but um, our, our first core value is we love God passionately. Number two, we are a family. Number three, we honor people. This is, and by the way, all these are on our website, and we have a little tag underneath them, you know, what what that means specifically. Number three was we honor people. I I covered this uh, two weeks ago, but just to touch on this real quickly, every person is valuable and created in the image of God. Jesus paid the ultimate price to redeem every individual. We love, honor, and treat all people with dignity. And just to clarify, I just want to say, like, we value people wherever they are at in the process. Like, whether they're in the good, the bad, or in the ugly, we, we value them and want to honor them wherever they're at in that process. And I came across this video, actually, I want to play for you real quick, um, after I preached this message. I thought it was too good, so I'll just do it as part of the review. So go ahead and uh, roll that video on self-worth. like this $20 bill. I do. I am gonna give it to one of you, but first let me do this. Okay now who still wants it? I do. And what if I do what if I do this? And who wants it now? My dear students, I've just showed you a very important lesson. No matter what I did with this money, you still wanted it because it never lost its worth. It's still worth $20. Well, there are many times in our lives when we feel like life has crumbled us up and ground us into the dirt. We may make some bad decisions or have to deal with some poor circumstances. And sometimes our lives can make us feel worthless. But no matter what has happened, no matter what will happen, you never lose your worth. You never lose your value. Don't ever forget that. It's pretty good, eh, Amen. Come on. So wherever you're at in the process, whether you're in the middle of the good, whether you're in the middle of the bad, you're in the middle of the ugly, or people walking through those doors, wherever they're at in the process, God values them right where they're at. Jesus, how do we know what our value is? Jesus actually determined our value. He determined our value on the cross. He determined what we're worth by coming and paying the ultimate price to redeem us, and that's, that determines our value. That's why we honor people, because he paid that price for everyone. We honor people wherever they're at. So that was last uh, two weeks ago. Um, uh, core value number four, God is good. We're gonna talk about that today, woo-hoo. Uh, number five, anything is possible. Number six, we rest in the finished work of the cross. Seven, we live generously. We serve wholeheartedly. Number nine, we value the family of Christ. And number 10, we will go. We will share the good news of Jesus everywhere we go. Amen. So uh, we're going to talk about God is good today. Um, why is this one of our core values? Again, I, I've said this um, before, but this is a, a cornerstone of our theology, a cornerstone of what we believe as a church. And why is this a core value? Again, when people walk through those doors, the way, the way that we re-represent God the way you represent him to the world, will be drastically different whether you understand God's goodness or don't understand his goodness. Amen? If you don't know his goodness, you don't understand his goodness, the way you represent him to other people will be totally different than, the way, than if you know the goodness of God. And so um, when, you, when we think about God and how he deals with us, knowing that he is good should be interwoven into us as a church. And so, if I know if someone walks in, I know he has good intentions for that person walking through the door. I'm going to face their situation with hope, right? So, if I know God's good, I know His intentions for a person are good. I'm going to face your situation. I'm going to face that other person's situation with more hope. In fact, I'll know that I have heaven's backing when I when I look at them and I know that God's goodness is is for them. When I have the perspective of God's goodness, and our prayer has been that these core values are reflected in the way we think, the way we act. And the way we engage our world. And so, on, a, on an intellectual level, um, I think most Christians know, like, God is good, right? On an intellectual level, most Christians know it. Why? Because the Bible says it. The Bible says God is good. I'll give you scripture for this so that we can call this a legal meeting, Right? Got to have a scripture to make it a legal meeting. I usually don't have that problem. I usually maybe have too much scripture, but um, Psalm 100, verse 5, it says this, For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all the generations. So the Bible says it. Most of us believe it, but we get it up here, right? But do we actually get it here? Do we actually understand at a heart level about the goodness of God? Um, I King David actually takes it to the next level. He says this in Psalms 34 verse 8. He says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. He says taste and see. So there's something, not just an understanding, there's actually something experiential that he's talking about, right? Not just know it in your head. There's actually something experiential. Taste and see that the Lord is good. By the way, when David wrote that Psalm, I was looking at the in my Bible, it says that's when um, they were trying to kill David, and they found him, they're like, this is David, let's kill him, like, people were after him, and he pretended to be insane, like, he, he pretended to be crazy, and they're like, is this David, and he was like, I don't know what he was doing, <laughs> acting crazy, and they're like, no, that man's crazy, let him go, and he got away, and then he wrote this psalm, he's like, taste and see that the Lord is good, I don't know about you, but if I just escape death, I might be like, whoo, taste, I just saw, I tasted, and I saw the Lord is good, amen, so, that's where that, that psalm came out of, right after that experience. So we're not, we're not just talking about an intellectual understanding of God's goodness. We all kind of get it up here. But we're talking about an experiential understanding. I've got an illustration today. I'm going to have my wife, Vanna White, come on up here with my illustration. Give her a hand with you. She's so gorgeous. All right, what do we have here? We have a pie. It's a Apple. Apple pie. How many like apple pie? Apple pie. All right. So now listen, we could tell you all about this pie. Tell us about this pie. What's what's in the pie? Apples. Naturally. Water. Keep going. Enriched wheat flour. Sounds healthy. Riboflavin. I don't know what that is. F- folic acid. Okay. Um, vegetable shortening. There's high fructose corn syrup. Really? There's, there's sugar in there? Okay. Mm-hmm. There's modified corn starch. You got salt, cinnamon, dextrose, citric acid, something I can't spell that Okay, out. we're getting to who cares now, right? Okay, wait, stay here. Okay, so how many care? Like, who cares? Who cares what's in the pie? Who cares what the ingredients are? We could get up here all day and, and say, hey, here's the ingredients of the pie. Doesn't that sound nice? But listen, that, is just, that would be an intellectual understanding of the pie, right? But if you want to taste and see what the pie is like, you have to do what? You have to get a fork, and you have to eat it, and you have to enjoy it, and you have to experience it. Isn't it just like this with God? Amen. Um, no one cares what's in the pie. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't bake. I don't cook. My wife does a little bit. She's awesome. But, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of, she's okay. <laughs> Sometimes when I watch those food network shows and there's this, this woman cooking and I'm like, if that woman has like beautiful daughters, that is like some hot commodity right there. Cause then this whole family knows how to cook and you have these gorgeous wives. <laughs> the mother-in-law. The mother-in-law. Yeah. The, yeah. If that's your mother-in-law, that'd be awesome. So, okay. So. Point point taken. Listen, after the service, we're going to have some pie out in the service for you guys. So um, go ahead and give Vanna White a hand here. You may sit down. So we'll have that. Save me one piece, though, okay? And I got the Discover course after this. But after the service, we'll have some pie out there for you. And, of course, always as donuts. And um, so listen, we can have an intellectual understanding of God's goodness, or we can experience him for ourselves. There's a big difference between seeing it, and learning about it, knowing all the ingredients, and experiencing it, and tasting it, amen? By the way, I remember Pastor John Stocker, by the way, who's back here in the corner, he, uh, (laughs) the guy who hired us, I remember he's preaching on this verse years ago, he used this similar illustration, it was like a milkshake or something like that, so I kind of got this illustration from him, but by the way, he's going to be preaching here at City Lights Church, and uh, Labor Day weekend, so... Um, I signed up for a 40-mile ultra marathon from Crested Butte to Aspen on, and that's Saturday, uh, the first. So Sunday, the second, I thought I probably won't be at my best, <laughs> and I need someone else to be in the pulpit. I, I'm reserving the right not to be here. I plan on being here, but I'm reserving the right if I like can't move, to <laughs> so not have to be here. But planning on being here. But uh, Pastor John said uh, I asked him if he would preach. And he said yes. So look forward to that, you guys. It's gonna be. And he told me during worship, he said he has a fresh word from the Lord, not, not an old like dug, uh, dug up his old material, he's, he's got a fresh word, he's been working on it, so look forward to that, amen? amen. Tell your friends. Um, okay, so the title of my message today is called Taste and See, Taste and See that the Lord is Good. So how do we taste and see... God's goodness. I'm going to approach this subject from like a a few different angles, um, three different angles, but um, this sermon actually started getting longer and longer and my points kept getting longer and longer. I was going to have three points and it just became too long. So I'm going to cover two of them today and I'm going to cover the next one uh, next week. So we'll cover two today, but the first angle I want to show you how to experience and know and see God's goodness is that number one, God's understand that God's presence, his presence is good. I I can't tell you how many times I've had like a crazy week, Um, I'm stressed out, I'm struggling with something, my finances are in a mess, or there's, uh, I don't know, problems in the world, like just craziness going on in the world, or just, or immorality in the world, you just see like an immorality on the rise in the world, and it's like, man, this world is messed up. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a worship service, and you just feel that, the presence of God, and it's like, oh my gosh. That is so, it's good, that is right, that is just. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's like the will of God is happening because he's being praised in our midst. And it's like, of all the craziness in the world, like, at least this is right, this is good, this is just. And sometimes when, before I'm preaching, it's like, man, I don't know if this is a good sermon, these notes, so don't make sense, you know? I don't, you know, some people say when they have public speaking, like, nightmares or whatever like that, they, like, show up and they're naked or something like that. Um, my, the nightmare I've had before is, like, I get up and my notes, like, make no sense at all. I'm, like, just looking at them, like, <laughs> there's nothing here. <laughs> I don't know, uh, it doesn't make any sense here in front of all these people, but, um, but so many times, you know, I'm just kind of nervous to get up and speak or whatever, and then I walk in the service, and, like, the presence of God rolls in, and It's like, this is going to be good. Like, it's going to be good because I'm not doing this alone. Holy Spirit's up here with me. Amen? And uh, it's like, even if this sermon stinks, like, maybe the tagline for that weekend should be, like, uh, City Lights Church, come for the worship, stay for the message, you know, <laughs> and a donut afterwards and pie. But... I'm, you know, I'm so many times. Can you guys identify with that? You walk into the service, it's like you had a crazy week, and the presence of God just rolls in. And you're like, and He's like, boom, He's He's there, and He's ministering to you, and He's showing you His goodness. Um, Psalms chapter ninety-two, verse one, it says, "It is good to praise the Lord and to make music to Your name, O Most High." Do you want to know God's will for your life? How many want to know God's will for your life? I can tell you part of God's will for your life. Here's part of it. It's to praise the Lord. Part of your purpose, your design, your destiny is to praise and worship the Lord. It's like the flowers were created to open up to and take in the sunlight. Like humans, we were created to connect with our creator. We were created to worship. I remember years, uh, so that's part of God's plan for your life. If you're not a worshiper, you're not a praiser, I just want to commission you to step into that and be a worshiper, be a praiser, because that's something that God has for you. I remember um, one year after we had gotten into full-time ministry, um, I had never been on a mission trip. Like, I was in church, and I was a Christian growing up and stuff, but I never was, like, really part of a, a great youth group. I started getting serious about God when I was a young adult, and I had never been on a mission trip, and then um, we had this opportunity to take a mission trip with our young adult ministry to Vietnam, and so I'd never... I'd never been on a mission trip, and now I'm leading a mission trip, <laughs> so the learning curve was pretty steep there, right? And so, um, so we go, we go to Vietnam, and by the way, uh, we we visited we visited an underground church in Vietnam. By the way, there are some generals in the faith in Vietnam, like. And whenever you're an American and you go somewhere, a lot of times they're like, they just forewarn me, like, if they know you're American, they're going to ask you to preach. And I'm like, I've been a pastor for a year. <laughs> then they have these generals who have been, like, serving the Lord in the underground church for, like, 30 years. They're seasoned veterans. It's like, I feel so dumb, you know. But, you know, they did ask me to preach. And I did preach. Um, and it went okay. But um, we, visited, we've, we visited the underground, underground church in Vietnam. And I remember we walked in as worship had already started. We walked in and they're, you know, praising and worshiping, and um, I had this thought, I didn't say it out loud, but I had this thought, I didn't really expect this, but as I walked in, I just, there was a wave of the presence of God, like, we're walking, and I'm like, I'm in Vietnam, and this wave of the presence of God comes in, and I actually said this in my heart, and I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, you're here, you know, (laughs) what are you doing here? (laughs) I'm in Vietnam, too, what are you doing here in Vietnam, (laughs) you know, this is just like, oh, God's here, you know. What, hey, Holy Spirit, I know you. What are you doing here, you know? This is just what I said in my heart, and I, I felt like God's probably like, uh, omni, omnipresent, every, everywhere. I'm everywhere at once, you know. And these people know me too. You're not the only one that knows me, you know. Right, right, right. You're not just the American God. <laughs> like you're the God of the world. So, uh, but for some reason, I didn't expect that. But, like, when we experience his presence here in America, his presence is good. I went to Vietnam, his presence was good. Like, and they're loaded over there. Okay, so um, his presence is good. Solomon, um, when he dedicated the temple, D- David helped, um, King David helped gather the materials uh, that they would build the temple with, but Solomon ended up building it and ended up dedicating it. And I want to read this verse for you when they ded- dedicate it. Uh, 2 Chronicles 7, verses 1 through 2. When Solomon finished praying, <clears throat> Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. Pretty intense scene happened here, right? Like manifest presence of God, Shekinah glory comes down, consumes the like fire, consumes the um, sacrifices on the altar, glory of the Lord fills the temple. Like this is an intense scene, Right. Okay, does anyone want to know like the revelation they had about God in that moment? I want to I want to show you what they what they what they perceived, the revelation they had. Uh 2 Chronicles uh, 7.3, it says this when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their face to the ground and worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good, his love endures forever. You realize they could have like said anything. They could have said, like, he is awesome, he is powerful, he is mighty. Like, but the perception, the feeling, the revelation they had when they felt and perceived the glory of the Lord was like, his spirit is good. He and his nature at his core, at his essence is good, okay? And so, um, do you want to taste and do you want to see his goodness? One of the ways is by recognizing his presence. Listen, church, learn, if you haven't learned, learn how to engage and encounter and enjoy the presence of God. He is good, Amen. Okay, so that's number one, his presence is good. The second point I want to make today is that his will for your life is good. Now, this might sound even more simple than the first one, but I think a lot of people live their life with a tainted view of what God is like. Like, God takes a bad rap for a lot of things in this world, and I think even a lot of Christians have a tainted view of God. We know he's good, but it's kind of like, I don't know, I, I, you know, you ever talk to someone and they're like, they they're just so good with words you feel like you've been I don't know like a salesman who like really knows how to sell things and you feel like you've been judo just like end up buying something I didn't want you know I call that like you've been judoed by their words and sometimes I feel like Christians have like this judo version of God's goodness like I know he's good but I'm kind of afraid of him too you know what I mean and a lot of Christians may have a tainted view of God's goodness we know he's good on an intellectual level we don't know it in our hearts here's why Here's why I believe that. Some people wrongly assume, wrongly assume that anything that happens to them must be God's will. Like anything that happens to me, it has to be, it has to be God's will. And people say things like, well, every, everything happens for a reason. Okay, true. Everything does happen for a reason. Go ahead and put up that picture I had as an illustration here. It says this. Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is you're stupid and make bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes that's why the thing you're going through is the thing you're going through. Ever been there? Anyone? I've been there a few times. Say that thing to your wife that you're like, oh my gosh, did that just come out of my mouth? And then I got to eat the fruit of that decision for the next however long, (laughs) right? All right. So sometimes it's not God's will. It's like you made a bad choice, right? Right. Um, and listen, you guys want to know the source of like negativity and bad things in your life, bad things in this world? Sometimes it's us. Sometimes we make bad choices. Um, sometimes it's the fall on world we live in. Like everything is in a state, like entropy, everything's decaying, everything's wearing out. The Bible says that the heavens are wearing out like a garment. Since creation, and I don't know if it's since creation or since the fall of man, but creation itself is... Um, tending towards disorder and chaos. Like everything is wearing out. That's the world we live in. So your car, when it breaks, it's because that's what will happen. And it, with entropy, your, your water heater, I just got my, my garage door springs replaced. And I'm like, cool, I'm set forever. And they're like, no, this is good for like however many hundred ups and downs. Like then it'll break again. I'm like, seriously? And so everything is like that. Everything, uh, entropy, this, you know, we get old, in life, things break down. So that's the source of a lot of things like that happen that are bad. So sometimes it's us, sometimes it's the fallen world we live in, and sometimes it's our adversary. We need to recognize that we have an adversary. John 10.10 says this, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay? I have come that they may have life have it to the full. By the way, that's a good definition of God's goodness and God's plan and purpose for your life. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So does everything happen for reason? Yes, definitely. Everything happens for reason. Sometimes sometimes that reason is because Satan hates you. Sometimes that's the reason something bad happened to you. Satan like actually hates you, okay? We need to recognize that God is not the author of like all like evil, right? Hello? God's not the author of evil. He's not the thief. Sometimes it's because Satan hates you. Sometimes it's because we live in a fallen world. And sometimes we're stupid and make bad decisions. And we have to live with the fruit of that decision. Amen? Okay. So, but what I want to say to you today, God is not the thief. God is not the one stealing. God is not the one killing. God is not the one destroying. We need to get that in our minds. We need to get that as a, as a cornerstone of his goodness in our life. So we can understand when people walk through the doors, he's not the thief. He doesn't come to kill, steal, and destroy. And how many of you know people... They just walked away from God because something terrible happened in their life. I mean, we all know people like this. We've all probably struggled with this. We've seen things or have things in our own lives that are crazy. And we want to walk away from God because we think God, he takes a bad rap many times for the things that happen in our life. And he's not the thief. He's not the one that's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Sometimes uh, something really bad will happen in someone's life. And someone will quote a scripture like, you know, they, I think sometimes we misapply scripture to like circumstances. But some something terrible will go through someone's life. Someone will quote a scripture like Isaiah fifty-five eight through nine. It says, it says this, um, God speaking. For I know, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Declares the Lord, as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than their ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So it's like, okay, yeah, God's really how I many? know God's really smart. How many know God is sovereign, God is leading our lives, amen, praise God for that. Like, I take great consolation and great comfort in the fact that his leadership is in my life, and you should too, by the way, that is, that is a great thing to know that he's leading me. But listen, well, first of all, Isaiah 55, 8-9, you need to read that in context, first of all, um, when he's saying my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, he's actually talking about that he's a God of mercy, like that he wants to give mercy. He wants to deliver mercy on people. He's saying, I'm not like you. I'm merciful. You're not like me. Okay? He's not saying, like, the will of God is so nebulous and so hard to understand. Who, who, who can know it? All right? That's not what he's saying in that particular context. I have a, listen, I have a pastor friend. We, um, I meet with some pastors about once a month here in Greeley. We get together and pray. And he's like, um, he's like, I got to do a funeral this week. He's like, there's a four-year-old girl in our church. They were on vacation. The girl um, got away from her family there near a river. She fell in and she died. Like, come on, guys. That is terrible. That is a tragedy. That is a tragedy. And, and can you imagine if someone comes along and says, well, she fell in and, you know, his ways are harder than our ways. You know, like, that's not going to be very comforting to that person in that moment. Be- but listen, God's not the thief. God's not the author. Yet, can God work all things to good, to the glory um, For those who love him and call according to his purpose? Absolutely. I'm so thankful and and I love that trump card that God works all things together for good. What the enemy meant for evil, God can turn for good, but it doesn't mean that God's the author of that thing in the first place. Amen? And so, um, yes, he can turn anything for good and look for him to turn anything for good. We need to lean into that and, and believe that, but that doesn't mean that Father God in heaven, a good Papa, is authoring these things in our lives. Okay? So... So God's really smart. We know he's sovereign. We know he's actually he, he, uh, I take great consolation in knowing that he's leading my life. Sometimes as a I feel like I just fell into this role as a pastor in some ways it's like how did I get here? I made some choices, but I also like man, he led us here and I couldn't have made it happen like it happened, you know what I mean? You guys have like you guys have that in your life. It's like I don't know how how did I get here? Well, God is leading you and that's really good and I and I love that. I love that he his leadership is behind the scenes. It's 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 the best thing ever. But we don't want to credit God with everything evil in our lives. We don't want to credit him with anything because he's a good father. Amen? Yes. And so, but the New Testament, just knowing God's will, understanding God's will, we can actually know God's will. Okay? You can actually know God's will. Let me read this, this verse to you. First um, Corinthians two fourteen through 16. It says this, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them, Because they're only um, discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to mere human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to be instructed for them? So like, who's been God's counselor? No one, right? But we have the mind of Christ. Okay, so this doesn't mean we're omniscient. Omniscient, by the way, is knowing all things, having the capacity to know everything there is to know, right? So none of us have the capacity to know everything there is to know. That's a divine attribute that only God has. The mind of the Spirit is omniscient. God knows everything he's to know. So it doesn't mean we're omniscient, but we do have the mind of Christ. He, does, he is able to lead us, speak to us, and guide us, and lead us into all truth. It does mean we have a person living inside of us who can and does show us the will of God in this world and in our lives and shows us what God is like. So we've read this verse recently when I was talking about friendship with God, but John 15, 15, he says this, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you, right? So when we enter that friendship level with Jesus, like, listen, friends still friends, secrets, right? Friends... Um, friends are close with friends. We tell each other things you wouldn't tell other people. The Bible says that we can actually walk in a friendship relationship with God where He reveals His secret to us. He reveals His will to us. And not just His will, but like His purpose, His plan, his, his how He's doing it, how things are going to unfold. He speaks to His servants, the prophets. He's, he's always speaking to us. He's always leading us. All right? So listen, we can and we should, you can and you should know God's will. Ephesians, this is a good verse. Ephesians 5. Uh, 15 through 17, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, or the Lord's will is. He says, understand the will of the Lord. How can I understand the will of the Lord? Uh, Apparently, like, apparently we can understand what the will of the Lord is. The Bible actually tells us to know his will. Now listen, one of the things that drives me, it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. It's like people who pray like, if it be thy will prayers. God, would you do this? If it be thy will. You know, will you heal this knee? If it be thy will. Will you help provide for this situation? If it be thy will. And it's like, why are you checking in with them on if, if it be thy will for everything? Listen. If you don't know, like, there are some situations I don't know. It's like, I don't know what you want to do here, God. And so I pray, and I'm like, I don't know. That's cool. I ask, seek, knock. I seek the Lord God. What is your will here? I'm not really sure of this situation. But if all of your prayers are, if it be thy will, like, God, if it be thy will prayers, then, man, you need to read your Bible more, and you need to hang out with God a little bit more and get his heart and find out what he's about. Like, you can know what he's about. And listen, how, how are you going to pray for authority, for anything, if you're never sure if it's if it's His will, right? It's like I think you want to do this, maybe, you know. You can't pray with authority. First of all, you have to you have to know it's His will. You have to believe it's His will, and then you have to pray with power and authority, and then things happen. Come on. So we need to know His will. Otherwise, we we what what the Book of James calls double-minded. You know, we 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 have not because we ask not, and we. We don't receive because we ask amiss, and, miss, and we're, we don't believe that we receive what we've asked for, we're being double-minded. So if we believe what we've asked for, we believe it's his will, then we can have confidence that he wants to answer that prayer, amen? Yeah. So we have to start there. <clears throat> so let's know and understand and perceive God's will. All right, let me give you a picture, picture of God's, um, a, a clear picture of God's goodness. God wanted to make it simple of what his goodness is like. his, his There's like our version of good and his version of good are not like totally opposites, okay? How many parents do we have in the room? Parents, okay. Jesus spoke to parents here, Matthew 7, 9 through 10. He says this, which of you, if your son asks for bread, gives him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, gives him a snake? Can you imagine that? Your, your kid's like, father, may I have some bread? And you're like, here's a stone. Enjoy. You know? <laughs> Maybe if you're joking with your kids, or like, kind of have a fish? You're like, here's a snake. <laughs> Go eat that thing. <laughs> right? No joke, as I was preparing this message and thinking about how gross it would be to eat a snake, um, you know, I took a break on Facebook, which is the source of all procrastination. And... Uh, I was on on Facebook and as I'm like thinking about this message and thinking about how gross to eat a snake do you guys know Josh Nelson Josh Nelson are you in the room this morning okay he's not here today Josh Nelson um I saw a post that he had killed a rattlesnake okay so go and put that picture up I actually grabbed it so this is Josh he kills this rattlesnake all right go ahead and go to the next picture so rattlesnake, good job, Josh, all right. So listen, then down in the comments, someone asked him, they're like, are you gonna eat it? And I'm like, is he gonna eat it? And he said, yes, I'm gonna eat it. He's gonna, he was gonna cook, I don't know how they cook up snake and eat it, but he was gonna cook it up and, and eat the snake. He said, yes. By the way, how many, <laughs> how many people here have ever had snake? It's okay, bunch of rednecks. I'm leading a church of rednecks, I didn't even know it. Get your shotguns after church, we're gonna go have a Trump rally and, yeah, anyway, just, just, just get your shotguns, yeah, bunch of rednecks, okay, that's cool. So some of you have had snake, I won't ask if you had squirrel, possum, or anything else like that, but listen. in that day though when Jesus said this good kosher Jewish boys in that religious culture they didn't eat snakes like snake was not a good kosher meal for Jewish boys in that culture okay they'd make you ceremonially unclean all right let's read this again which of you if your son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a snake If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give good gifts to those who ask him? Okay, God, Jesus is giving us a picture of God's goodness. What does God's goodness look like? That's a picture of God's goodness right there. It's something you can totally understand. It's something you can totally wrap your brain around. Okay, this is something your neighbor who doesn't know the Lord, isn't something the Lord can understand. Like, oh, that's what God is like. He's a good father who provides for his children. That's what he's like. Amen? He's appealing to our nature as a parent. You can understand the will of God. You can't understand his goodness. Your unsaved friends can understand his goodness by that definition. His will doesn't have to be complete mystery. Now listen, how God accomplishes his will, that, that's a mystery for sure, right? I, I will admit that, like knowing his will, that's one thing. I believe we can know his will. His will, is, he looks like this, he's a loving father. He's a good father who loves his children. That's his will, that's his, that's his goodness. That's what he wants to be like to this world and to, this, to, to his children. That's what he's like, that's his will. How he accomplishes that will is a total other story. Because in my world, I'm like, I'm pretty systematic and linear, you know, so I'm like A, B, C, right? That's how I do things. God's not like that. God's like A, Q, <laughs> X, E. I don't know how he accomplishes his will. That's a whole other story. The way he does his things, yes, in that regard, that's kind of hard and mysterious to figure out sometimes. But what he's actually like and what he's about, we can re represent him well to the world by knowing that he's a good father. He's a good papa. Amen? Okay, and again, <laughs> The way he leads our lives, the way I fell into this role, like the way maybe you got here today might be crazy, But and then you look back and you're like, wow, his leadership is perfect over my life, you know? And, and I can see that, and it's amazing, and I would have never planned it like that. But his leadership is amazing and perfect, um, but his will for you is good, and you can and should know his will. He's a loving father who is good. Amen? <laughs> Um, a few years ago, um, my wife and I had been married for one year, so 2000, 2006, um, this was before we were pastors, I was working in Windsor, and um, I had a, I don't remember what year it was, I had a Toyota Tacoma truck, and I loved that truck, it was a great truck, right, remember that truck, It's a good truck, and uh, one day I'm driving to work, it was actually, let's see, I think it was December 3rd of 2006, I'm driving to work. And um, coming up on 35th Avenue to to, uh, to get on Highway 34, and I didn't have my seatbelt on. And then, you know, I had one last stoplight, and I was like, "Oh, I should buckle that." So I buckle my seatbelt. And then I get out on the road, and it's I hadn't gotten around that year to like putting some weight in the back of the truck. And this crazy thing happened that morning. It didn't. We didn't get like a. It actually rained that morning for a minute, and then it froze. And so I'm out here on Highway 34, and I do a lane change. No idea that there's like black ice under the road. And so as I let off the gas, I actually lost the, the tail end of my truck and ended up in the median, kind of coming into oncoming traffic. Then I had to overcorrect, and then I ended up in a roll in my, in my truck. And I don't know how many times my truck rolled, probably three to, three to five times, but um, we rolled this way. The, wind, the window actually had broken, and after, after the accident, the, this side of the truck was completely caved in. Like, anyone had been there, they probably would have died. This, and this side of the truck was like, stayed up, so praise God, <laughs> and um, and actually after the accident, I had like twigs and stuff in my hair, because in the median, the wind had broke, and I was rolling, my head actually hit the ground as I was in a roll. Crazy, like, you know, crazy, terrible thing that happened, and you know those like, you know, in that moment, you don't have time for a one-word prayer, I'm losing control, I was like, Jesus, Right? And then in the roll, I'm rolling, and I just yelled Jesus as loud as I could. Jesus! You know, as loud as I could. You know, in retrospect, it's like, wow, oh, I guess I really do believe that stuff, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know you believe? <laughs> I guess I really believe that, because that was the one name I was yelling, you know? <laughs> you know what you believe when you go through something like that. <laughs> I didn't yell Buddha, you know? <laughs> it was Jesus. So was all my cards were in that deck right there, so so uh, one word prayer, I get done and I, uh, rolling, I get out and I'm, I got, I'm a little, little bit of blood, but nothing like trucks totaled and nothing was wrong with me. And so um, got a ride home, didn't go, the, didn't even go to the hospital. I probably should have gotten at least checked out and uh, someone gave me a ride home. I don't know. I wasn't thinking straight. So and so after that, you know, I had to get rid of that truck because it was totaled like about a new car. And after that, I would drive by that place where I had that accident, like every day, I'm on my way to work, I drive by that place every day. And every time I was like, oh man, you just, you know, you have this bad feeling. How many know like there's trauma involved in certain things like that? I drove like a grandma for like five years after that, you know. I'm just like, I need to get my courage back here. You know, on, especially on snow and ice, I just drive like a grandma, you know, for like five years. And every time I drove by that spot, I never said this out loud. You know, I continue my relationship with God. I never said this out loud, but in my heart... I just felt this like, God, you're good, but did, did you make me roll my truck? You know, did, did, did I roll my truck as God wanted me to, you know? And maybe did I like my truck too much? I really liked that truck. Did he take it from me because it was too big of a priority or something like that, you know, in my life? I never verbalized these things. I never really even prayed about them. I just, this thing was happening in my heart and I never really talked about it. One day I drove by that, that spot and the, the Holy Spirit just kind of broke and spoke to my heart. And he said, he spoke to me and said, Kurt, I didn't, I didn't make you roll your truck. You know I didn't make you roll a truck, right? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, it was the weirdest thing ever. It was like, okay, like you didn't make me roll my truck. And, and he just started speaking to me like, hey, I'm a good father. You know what, it was icy that day. You lost control of thing, these kind of things. They, the accidents happened, I saved you. Praise God, he saved me. I was, I was thankful for that, you know. Could have died, obviously. I was thankful, and I did praise him for, for saving me. But he would be broken and spoken and say, hey, and make you roll, roll your truck. And sometimes that happens to us. We go through something, and we don't maybe verbalize it. Maybe we don't even process it. But we're kind of like accused God in our hearts. Like, oh, he's good, but I'm kind of afraid. He's good, but he took this from me. He killed this person. You know what I mean? And listen, I just want to commission you today if you're mad at God, you've gone through something, you know people have gone through something, you know, we don't understand everything. Again, we have, we have the mind of Christ. doesn't mean we understand everything. doesn't mean we have everything figured out. He does work all things together for good. But listen, he's a good father who has good plans for your lives. So he didn't want that for me that day, right? He did save me. He didn't want that for me that day. And so he's good, and you don't have to be scared of him. He's not the thief. He didn't come to kill, steal, and destroy in every fiber of God's being, He's good. Like good is not just something He does; sometimes good is something He is. Love is not just something He does; love is something He is. Like that is at the core of and the essence of His being. He's good. He is love. He is holy all the way, all the way through. Amen. And so, I just want to release that over you. If, if you've gone, I'm I'm going to pray, and then I'll have Emily actually come up and uh, <clears throat> do an altar call. So, um, I'm going to pray. And if man, if there's something that in your life you've just gone through and you've maybe not even verbalized it but you've accused God of not being good um, i just want to tell you today he's a loving he's a loving father who he wants good things for you he's a loving papa you know that doesn't mean he never disciplines us like the bible says he disciplines us but he's not disciplining you with cancer okay amen he's not disciplining you with those terrible things he does lead us correct us guys would you discipline your kid with cancer Would you cut your kid's leg off to teach them a lesson? No, come on, come on. He does discipline us, he does lead us, he does correct us, but he's a loving, he does it in love, he does it for our best. So yeah, I'm just gonna pray over you guys and if there's a situation where you've just accused God of not being good, I just wanna, I don't know, just give that to him today and and let him minister to you. So Father, we just come before you. We thank you that you are a good father. You're a good papa. Lord, though we may not understand everything, every situation, you are working behind the scenes always, of course. But God, if there's a situation in our lives, God, where we've just said, man, I don't get that, I don't understand that. You're good, but I'm, I can't trust you with that. I can't trust you with this part of my life. God, I just pray we give that to you and just see you today as a, as a loving Father who has good, you've come to give us life and life to the full, life abundantly, life overflowing, Lord. And so we just come before you, God. We give you that thing. We ask you, God, to just, Speak to us once again. Show us your tender mercies, your loving kindnesses, Lord God, and your leadership in our lives. We just love you today, God. And I, God, I pray that we'd be a church that knows God's goodness. When people walk through those doors, there's a smile on someone's face and knowing at the core of their being, God, that you're good and your intentions for that other person are good, even though you've maybe taken a bad rap, God, from this world and from things going on. So, Lord, we just release that over this church. I bless them with that in Jesus name and everybody said amen